This is Shifting Our Schools, Episode 65, Five Must-Have iPad Apps for the Elementary Classroom. If you're looking to transform your classroom learning environment by engaging students as content creators, not just consumers, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Well, welcome back to another Shifting Our Schools. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and subscribing to our podcast. Uh, If you're an Android user and you haven't downloaded the new Google Podcast Player, I'm really liking it. For one reason, I can actually put hyperlinks on words and they actually show up in the show notes. Uh, So that's fantastic if you're an Android user. And if you're an Apple user, you're probably listening through this through Apple iTunes Podcast, which is a great app as well. It's always great to be back here with you. Uh, So excited for a new school year. So many of my friends are starting school either this week or next. I've got uh, some friends that are starting school on Wednesday this week, some friends that are starting school on uh, Tuesday next week. Uh, So it's just that time of year again to be thinking about our practice. And one thing I love about teaching, you know, we always call it teaching practice. Uh, You never master this thing. And I love that. I love constantly being in the mindset that every day you go to work you're practicing and you're never going to master it. And that to me is an, is an essential mindset, especially when we're dealing with technology and the world we live in today and just the changing nature of teaching and learning when we live in a just and now learning environment. So thank you so much for uh, tuning in this week. It's so great to have you here. Thank you for sharing this podcast with your teacher colleagues. And of course, leaving us reviews on your favorite podcast website. I was just over at the Apple site. We have nine reviews now. Thank you to those that have left reviews. I have a goal personally to leave, uh, have up to 15 reviews by the end of September. So please help. You can just go over to iTunes. And if you could leave a review, I don't even care if you give us five stars. Um, Just please leave a review. It just helps us. Uh, the system that I that Apple uses to promote podcasts is actually based on reviews. Amazon does the same thing. You have to have so many reviews to even get noticed in search results. So uh, please leave a review for us if you have time. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, I've got a secret goal. Of, uh, well, it's not that secret. I guess I just said it. Uh, getting 15 or so reviews by the end of September. So thank you, as always, for sharing and continuing to reach out. And even on social media, it's been great. Uh, so many great posts the last couple of weeks in social media. And the, my favorite thing is, is today's episode was based on a listener coming to us and saying, hey, I'd love to hear an episode on iPad apps for the lower elementary. And I was like, excellent, we can do that. So only a few more days left to join us for the one-to-one micro-credential over at Eduro Learning. Today, you get to hear from Tanya. LeClaire, who was who is our Academy level coach for the micro credential. Only a few more days to sign up and join us for the 24 weeks of in-depth, mind-blowing professional change experience. You get to learn alongside us and other educators from around the world on what it means to shift your teaching practice, shift use new teaching strategies in a one-to-one classroom. 24 weeks you get to spend with us throughout the school year. It's fantastic. Very loose uh, as far as being able to take time off and we work around your you know, three-day holidays or holidays that you have at your school. Uh, don't think that this is like some online course that you have to be at class. We're very flexible and we understand the needs of teachers because we're all teachers ourselves. So head on over to sospodcast.org slash 121. And of course, that's going to lead you to our Eduro Learning website. And you can go to edurolearning.com one-to-one as well. For more information, sign up, uh, get this week's free download, sign up for your 30 days of free PD. Uh, it's a great little newsletter that 
comes out, you get 30 emails for one email a day for 30 days, uh, all with videos and articles, a fantastic little freebie as well over there uh, at edurolearning.com. Today's episode comes straight from our listeners. Uh, Sheila Gearhart tweeted a while back and asked for a top five apps for K2 classroom. She's an L- er- lower elementary classroom teacher. She has one iPad to every four students and was looking for some advice on on iPad apps to start the year. And this is what I love about the world we live in. What I love about podcasting, you tell me what you want to hear and I'll do my best to bring it to you. You can use the hashtag, hashtag SOS podcast on Twitter. You can email me. You can leave a question in our Flipgrid. If you go over to sospodcast.org, click on questions, it's going to log you into our Flipgrid. I love using Flipgrid. I like getting teachers to practice using Flipgrid, and that's why I'm using it, is so that you get a chance to practice and see all the really cool ways you can use Flipgrid as well. But ask us, and we're here to help and support. That's what we do. That's what I love to do. That is my passion, is helping you help students. I don't have a classroom of my own, but I have all of your kids through you that I get to help support around the world. And I just love that. So if there's something you want to hear, something you would like to have an episode on, please reach out and we will do our best to create that. And what I love is that's what it means to be a connected teacher. When we talk about being a connected teacher, you don't have to have all the answers. You know, Sheila reaches out to me and I'm like, I have not touched an iPad. I've not been in a one-to-one iPad school. I, I The last school was, wow, man, six, seven years ago before I, I was actually coaching and being with teachers that had access to iPads. And so, but being a connected teacher, I know I could reach out to people that are in that situation. And luckily, you know, Tanya LeClaire, as you're going to hear today, is deep inside of it right now in her school. Uh, And she even started, and before we started recording, was telling me, she's like, trying to narrow it down to just five apps was really, really difficult. So there's so much here. All the apps that we're going to talk about are linked in the show notes. So if you look at the show notes, I've got direct links to all these iPad apps for you. Tanya did a great job of finding free apps. Some of them have pro features that are worth paying for, but at least you get the free portion to start using with your students. And so I just want to uh, have, a, have a great conversation. Here's some great apps for you to be thinking about as you start the school year, all focused around elementary. We've got five must-have apps for the pre-K through two third grade, second third grade, and then five must-have apps for third through fifth grade. So you're going to join it. And without further ado, here is Tanya LeClaire and I discussing our top five iPad apps for both lower and upper elementary. Enjoy and on with the show. All right. Well, welcome back to another Shifting Our Schools. I'm so excited that we have uh, Tanya here from Guangzhou. I know last episode, I couldn't remember what city you were in. Uh, I knew that you were, uh, I knew that you, how long have you been there? Uh, this is my third year. Third year. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. so I knew you were there and I knew Diana was joining you, but I couldn't remember what city everybody was in uh, people moving the third in largest in China. I think. I know. I know. It's incredible. I remember, uh, I remember we went there and visited when I lived in Shanghai. So it was very, very cool, but uh, so excited to have you here. You know, we have one of our uh, listeners actually tweeted to us and asked for an iPad episode. Uh, what are the top five apps we'd recommend for iPads? And we just started uh, kind of in the pre-show talking about that. I haven't touched an iPad in quite a long time. So I'm glad to have you here. Um, and also, you are the academy coach for our one-to-one micro-credential. So we're going to start off by just having you introduce yourself. We'll talk about the one-to-one micro-credential, and then we'll get into 
the iPad apps that we recommend for 2018, 2009 school year. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, hi, my name is Tanya LeClaire, and I am an innovation coach at American International School of Guangzhou. I used to actually be called technology coach, but then we realized that it's such an all-encompassing position that it was changed to innovation. And my job basically is every day to work with teachers and students, um, helping them use technology to really make meaningful experiences in their learning. Uh, I do a lot of PDs for teachers. I do a lot of uh, planning meetings and things like that, trying to really develop units of inquiry. We use the PYP uh, curriculum here, which is IB, because I'm in the elementary. So uh, we also use Common Core. We use Next Generation Science Standards and pretty much anything that's great <laughs> that we yeah. feel like we <laughs> that's use. The, that's my favorite thing about international schools is you can be like, ooh, we really like those standards. We'll take those. You know, you're not yeah. like here in the States, you know, you're kind of tied to Common Core or whatever the state. But international schools, you're like, ooh, those, those five standards look really good. And we love those PYP inquiry standards. Exactly. And oh, look, next gen looks really cool. We'll just pull those in as well. And you just kind of get yeah, it. It's, uh, it's, it's a bit of a smorgasbord, but it works. And we yeah. also, uh, it's project based. So that's what allows us to do that is we really have a lot of um, freedom to make sure that these are really integrated learning experiences. And we also use the ISTE standards, the International Society for Technology Standards. So I really work hard with teachers to try and implement those into everything so that we're really making these kids, um, you know, have the 21st century skills that they need. So that's so cool. Talk to me about this innovation coach. Why the change? Like you said, you know, it was more than tech, but what is like, there must be something core about the philosophy of the school to, mm -hmm. to change that name. Yeah. Well, in our school vision and mission, which I can't dictate to you, but word for word, which oh, I wish I could, <laughs> um, but it's got, it's got innovation in the mission and vision. And basically a lot of the times I was really working with teachers on developing maker spaces, on developing design thinking principles, uh, design processes. And that maybe doesn't have any technology in it at all. It could be something as simple as cardboard and, some little like you know tools and things like that right so a lot of times too with at being this kind of position people will confuse me as an IT person um, they'll think that my sole role maybe would be to fix all the hardware or work on the Wi-Fi and all that sort of stuff and so we wanted to shift the thinking of teachers who maybe haven't worked with someone in my role to more of a coach and mm. someone that's not tied down to any one type of technology so yeah, that's basically why we changed it. It started last year. It still confuses people. Yeah, I can imagine. I so sometimes I say technology and innovation. Just to, <laughs> Ooh, I like that. A little no, bit of both. It's getting longer. Yeah. How, <laughs> how long crazy. have you actually been a coach? And were you a classroom teacher before that? Yeah, so I this is so my third year as a coach. I um, was a classroom teacher before that. I taught grade one and then grade three. I was grade three teacher for about five years. Okay. So I come from the classroom. Um, I really do connect still so much with the classroom, and I try to get in there as much as I can to help uh, model lessons and teach lessons with teachers as well. Yeah, very cool. And it's so cool because like you're drinking coffee and it's nighttime here. So I have my nighttime beverage. It's, uh, it's quite nice. Uh, this global thing, right? Um, and as we're getting ready to, you know, we're wrapping up um, as we're launching, I shouldn't say wrapping up, we're launching our one-to-one -one micro credential, which you are going to be our academy coach, uh, which I think is fantastic for anybody that finds themselves in an elementary classroom and they've got, you know, a bunch of iPads or they've got a, you know, a card of Chromebooks or maybe they're one-to-one. -one. There's a lot of schools here in the States that are one-to-one -one down to third grade uh, mm -hmm. in one scenario or another. Um, so I think that is fantastic. And uh, talk to me about why you wanted to kind of be an Eduro Learning Academy coach and the idea of spending 24 weeks with somebody. 
Um, well, I, I work with uh, one-to-one and two-to-one devices currently. So I feel like um, being in so many different grade levels and working with the devices, I do have uh, a really good understanding of how those can be used. And I really, I care so much about making sure that technology use is not just for, you know, just for the tool and just for, you know, just because it's there. I want it to be really meaningful and it's something that I really care about for the kids. And I love uh, working with teachers. I just really find joy in helping them love their job, um, finding a good quality of work. So if they can learn things that make their day easier and more fun and really help impact their classrooms in positive ways, that's what I really love doing. And it's so funny because, you know, as you go into a coaching role or like now I'm a full-time consultant, people are like, don't you miss the kids? And I'm like, yeah, I do. I do miss the kids, right? Like I was a fourth grade teacher, but you need to understand you're my kids. And I'm just as passionate. I'm just as passionate about helping you because you're 53 or you're 37 or you're 45. You know, you're still, you're my kid. You know, when I, when I have that relationship with you, um, and that's what I love, right? Like even in a coaching role, you have your kids. They just happen to all be older and, you know, have teaching degrees. Um, yeah, we joke about that a lot. I'm always like yeah. when Christmas rolls around and the kids are bringing little cards and gifts for the teachers. I'm like, hey guys, where's my card? <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. I've been helping. You know, I'm your teacher through this. Uh, it's so cool. Um, so if you haven't, uh, head on over to edurolearning.com slash one, two, one. It's one T-O-1. And you can find out more information there. You can watch a video from Tanya and myself uh, and sign up for the micro-credential. It, it starts September 10th. Uh, Tanya will be taking 15 people, so it's limited. Uh, Max is out at 15, and I will be taking five people at the premium level. Uh, and the cool thing is, is we'll definitely be working together through all of that, and you'll get probably access to both of us through it, uh, and we'll be bouncing ideas off each other behind the scenes as well. So very, very cool. I'm um, so excited to have you as part of the Udero team uh, as well. So it's very, very cool to, to have you. And the great thing is, is Diana is there with you. And Diana is the Academy for the Coach Micro-Credential with Kim Cofino. Uh, so Guangzhou's building quite the team there. I got to say, you guys are, are rocking it. Yeah. yeah, we're doing okay. Yeah, yeah, doing better than okay. You got some rock stars for sure. All right, so let's jump into our iPad apps. Um, so we're going to start, we've kind of broken this down. I had time to kind of break it down into what we're finding. And, and I apologize for those of you that have iPads in middle school and high school, but we're not going to focus on those. I think uh, we find mostly that the iPads are still being used a lot in elementary school. Uh, so I had Tanya kind of break this down into her five must-have apps for lower elementary and her five must-have apps for upper elementary. So let's start with lower elementary. And the first app that you mentioned, and I think this is a great one because it's a crossover. This one crosses both lower and upper is Seesaw. Talk to me with what is some of the stuff that you're seeing done with the app Seesaw? Okay, so I, I love Seesaw. We use it here um, up from preschool all the way to grade three. And it's a digital journaling app as well as it doubles as the blog as well. So for example, kids in the classroom are using it to uh, record audio to track fluency. Teachers are using it in that way for assessments. It allows students to reflect on their learning and share with their peers. So anything as simple as, like I go in all the time and I look at the Seesaws and it's things like students recording their thinking on a math problem Maybe they're using the video to record themselves making groupings of shapes or colors, and then they actually record their thinking over it. So it really helps with metacognition as well, which you always want to get kids thinking about their thinking. Um, and do it parents have access? They do. So when a Seesaw account's created by the teacher, they have the kind of like a Facebook wall. They have their journal, which the whole class has access to, and then they send teachers join codes 
QR codes, and so then they get access as well. And then if the teacher chooses to, they can open up the Seesaw Journal to make it a public blog. And they don't have to share everything on that, but they can designate certain things within it to be shared on the public blog. So they can do things like share with other classes. There's actually um, a really great little program that they do um, where it's called Seesaw Connected Blogs. So if a teacher, say in a grade two classroom, wants to connect with another grade two classroom, they can actually pair up through Seesaw and kids can see what's going on in the other classes. They can practice digital citizenship by commenting on their peers' posts. Oh, that's so, cool. Really cool, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, are they, how are they, are they using these assessment, like Seesaw, as like you mentioned, there's some assessment pieces in there. Our teachers are using it to assess in some way. Are there, are there ways that then that, is that being pulled back into the grade book or is there, do you guys do student-led conferences and then Seesaw mm-hmm. becomes like the student-led conference portfolio when the parents come That's in? That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. So, They actually, the great thing about having the digital journal is it is a total record of learning. So when when parents come in, they do use it as a digital portfolio. And there's free and pro versions of Seesaw. Um, If you have the pro version, you can do things like attach skills to certain posts. So you can create your own skills based on your report cards. And then you can attach those skills directly to posts and have a record of, of basically anything you want for that. And I'll just, I'll chime in and say, that's what the International School of Luxembourg is doing. They bought pro accounts for their elementary. And then the teachers are going in and as kids are, are um, submitting um, artifacts to, the port, to their portfolio, right? Their seesaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, teachers are going in and tagging them with skills based on the uh, grade sheet or based on, sorry, the report card. And yeah. so it's a great way to have like your report card attached to, you know, here's the actual assessment of learning or here is an artifact to show that the student has mastered or is meeting or ex- exceeding uh, the standard. So there's so many really great ways. One thing I love about Seesaw is that, and you made this point, is you can have it private or public. And they've really done a good job of allowing those kind of nuances of like, what parts do you want public? What do you want private? Depending on your school, depending on the age of the students and allowing that that to play. How are you seeing it used in the older kids? Because this is our one app that goes lower and older. So how are you seeing it like third, like third, fourth, fourth and fifth grade even? Like, are you seeing more of them be public? Yeah, I think it, it is a little bit more public. Um, yeah because you really want to have kids understand that they have a voice outside the classroom as well. So when they can share their work and they know their work's being published to a public blog, then it makes it meaningful for them as well. So, and then giving them the option to choose what they share just in the journal and what they share with the blog is a way to get them involved in how they assess what's important to them in their learning or what's a piece of work that they may think is particularly great. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, I like getting them involved in these choices as well. So yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Now has your school gone the pro route for the entire elementary school? Like, is this no. something that is like everybody's using and this is something we do or is it still teachers kind of doing it on their own? So it's, Preschool, we do the pro route because okay. it's really hard to assess um, little. Like there, it's really play based. Yeah, so right. in order to actually track what's going on, then they take video and they attach the skills. But we've gone the free route in the rest of the school just to see how it goes. We only started it a few years ago, so currently because we don't use, um, I don't, we don't use an electronic gradebook. We use something else called Aspen, so it doesn't really correspond so well they have different ways of tracking but both both i I think they both have their benefits so you know if i could go pro all the way i would but i can't yeah yeah (laughs) 
Yeah. yeah. And I love that, you know, even just if it's seesaw or something else, like using technology, especially like you said, in kindergarten, pre-K, where even the teacher can like film the student. Yeah. I was working with, yeah. yeah. I was working with some pre-K kindergarten teachers a few years ago where like they taught the kids how to record each other and they were using blogger, but kids mm-hmm. could like click on the blogger app and click the record button. And another kid would come over and say, Hey, will you record me? And mm-hmm. they were just like, like, they'd be like, hi, today I built this city out of blocks and they take you on a tour of their city. And it was just like this incredible. And there's so much learning evidence there as a teacher, right? Through video. And uh, we talk about that a lot, you know, that even in younger ages, I love using video, but video all the way through the grades. Like when we are dealing with a media first generation, how do we engage them in video? And that is such a huge part of it. And if they think about how they're using video and how they're sharing their learning and what they're doing, that's going to make them even more thoughtful when they get to a point where they have kind of freedom with social media and whatnot. So I love it. We got to start teaching them those skills now. All right. On the lower elementary side, first app is Seesaw, second app, Book Creator. Talk to me about Book Creator. This is a fun one. Yes, I love Book Creator. Book Creator is another one that has a free and a pro version. Um, We use the pro version here because you get more books per student. In the free version, you only get one. But the great thing about Book Creator is there's no logins required or anything. So when they go into the iPad, there's no... Sometimes if there's logins, it could be a process in a classroom. That's a half hour of class time right there. (laughs) Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, you know, there's other things that I've logged in, so I'm not going to hate on them, but Book Creator yeah, is great. Yeah. Open it up. You can do a digital story. You can add multimedia, so you can add video. You can add audio, text. You can do comic versions. Um, and we've got kids doing anything from poetry books. They do instruction manuals, um, interactive stories. We've had uh, our grade three classroom last year did a really cool choose-your-own-adventure story. Oh, very and cool. The neat thing about it is you can actually um, – link to different pages within the book. Oh, very cool. If they click on a certain choice in a story, they can link to a different part depending on what they're doing. Um, And you can also embed things. So you can embed video and and things like that. So I just find it such a useful and diverse tool for for teachers. And can you export that then out of Book Creator or is it stuck in the Book Creator app? Or what does it export as, do you know? So you can export it a couple of ways. You can make it an iBook. Um, You can also, what we do here is we have uh, students export it to a teacher's book creator Chrome account, and Mm. then it's viewable on their own website, they host it. So if they basically put it on a link on the website, then parents can click on it and they can read the book. You can also embed them, um, but I cannot remember what the process of that one you can do epub there's there's all sorts of different ways of sharing cool so you can do like even an epub and actually publish the book see that's the kind of thing that i love like if you're in an epub format you can now like you upload that to amazon and you're giving away your kids are actually published authors right you could take that one step further or even ibooks like you're in the ibook store and anybody with an iphone can download i mean there are so many to me that uh, that's one thing that i love about apps that like I'm always looking for an exit strategy out of apps so that you're not stuck in book creator that if somebody else wants to read the app, you know, wants to read the book, they have to download the book creator and do that whole thing. I love that it allows you to export in different formats. And some of those formats are truly books that a kid could publish. Your kids could be published authors by second and third grade. There's no reason why they couldn't be right. Adults use book creator to make published iBooks books. Yeah. And, you can also do things like collaborative books too. So kids can work together on a book and then publish that together. So there, there's so many options for the classroom. I love it. Yeah. I love it. All right. Number three. So number two is book creator. Number one, Seesaw. 
Number three was Shadow Puppet. Now, I haven't heard of this one. This is new for me. So talk, talk me through Shadow Puppet. What's this one do? So Shadow Puppet is, I think, every lower teacher's go-to app for the video making and presentation making for kids. So it's from this, the same creators as Seesaw. So it has a lot of the same uh, app functionalities like icon buttons and things like that. So it's pretty intuitive um, for kids who already are familiar with Seesaw. But you can do things like upload video clips. Um, you can take video. You can upload images. It has an image search engine within it. So you can actually search through like the NASA Library of Congress, the Met oh, very Museum. Cool library you can um, find map locations as well and then insert those images right into your little video That's so what cool. happens is yeah like kids kids will get it and then they'll maybe record a video piece and then right after that they can insert an image and then maybe they can record over the image while they draw on top of it and it all can be compiled into a little video piece that they can share directly to things like seesaw or the camera roll and if you, oh. if you can share the camera roll, then you can share a lot of things. So right. yeah, it's just a little video presentation tool and it allows them to do voiceover, music, all sorts of things. And what grade level do you think it's appropriate for? Kids, kids as early as five can use this. And oh, wow. then I would say up to maybe grade two. And then after that, I would switch them over to something a little bit more uh, intensive, like iMovie or. Yeah. So a little more robust. Yeah. 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 Very cool. That's a cool one. All right. Number four is Flipgrid. I love Flipgrid. Yeah. Oh, I love talk to me a little bit about Flipgrid real quick. Okay. So I know that a lot of people know about Flipgrid. So basically, um, an online video discussion tool, teachers can upload a video or prompt, and then students can leave little short videos to respond to that. And it all goes to just a really nice little grid. Um, We've got teachers using Flipgrid for numerous things. We just had a back to school night and kids, uh, they commented on some, some different, you know, wishes for the school year. And then oh, very cool. they, they turned each of those little videos because you can share the videos as a link, right. turned them into a QR code and shared them with all the parents. And they, oh, had, very to, cool. they had to scan, basically the, the students drew themselves and then the parents had to guess which kid was theirs. That is <laughs> great. I love that. So when you yeah. take the selfie, the kid just had the picture of themselves. That, yeah. they drew. that is yeah. so good. Oh, I that love that. Child was theirs, which is really funny. I have a, um, I, a teacher that I'm work uh, that I was just talking with the other day. It does it only does it reverse. So at back to school night, she has a flip grid and all the parents that come to back to school night leave a recording for their kids when they come to school the next day. Like it was so good to meet your, you know, to see your desk and to meet your teacher and everything. So I, I love that, right? A great way to introduce yeah. like, oh, it's so fun. And it gets parents involved, you know, the parents are like, oh, this is a use of technology. I see what is going to happen. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I've used it in yeah. PDs where I get teachers to, to yeah. reflect back on the PD. I mean, there's just, it's, just one of the best tools ever. So. so all summer I've been doing a bunch of professional development here in August and I, um, I teach Flipgrid to everybody, but I, I set up a, a topic that's just called, so you want to be a YouTuber. And I now like, and I use the same one everywhere I go. So I've got like almost 200 teachers in there, like all talking to each other. It's very, uh -huh. very cool. I actually, hang on a second. I gotta show you something. This okay. Came the other day. <laughs> this. Check this out. I just got oh, this in the milk. Isn't this cool? I know oh. nobody else can see this because <laughs> they're only audio, but this is a flip grid pop-up tent. 
to allow kids. I know to allow kids. They sent me one because I interviewed. I don't know if you've listened back that far, but I interviewed the 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 people at Flipgrid when they got. Um, acquired by Microsoft and got to hear the whole story and everything. And so as part of that, he's like, Hey, we'll send you a pop-up tent that you can give away to a listener. Cool. So you and I need to decide how we're going to decide. It's so sweet. It it unzips and it literally pops up like a recording tent in your classroom. And then the kid can record in it. And then you just like fold it back down and it fits in the corner. Isn't that sweet? That's so cool. I was I was looking to get one of those and I had to look on Chinese Amazon and I was like, where is this type of tent? But anyway, very jealous, whoever gets the Flipgrid tent. <laughs> yes. And I might, I might have to record an episode. I might have to set it up and actually record an episode inside the Flipgrid tent. I'll have to take oh photos of it. But you need to help me. We need to figure out how we can like, is it somebody that leaves a comment or, uh, you know, we use um, to, to submit questions to SOS podcast to shifting our schools. We use a Flipgrid for people. So I'm oh, thinking there's some way idea. we can have a, we can have some way like we ask everybody a question and we pick a random answer or something. Like I think that, that would but, be uh, a cool idea. Cool yeah. Idea. So we've got to give this away. So I'm a huge Flipgrid fan. That just came in the mail the other day. I was so pumped. <laughs> so it's so good. So many ways to use Flipgrid though. And oh, yeah. you know, now that they were, they were acquired by Microsoft. Uh, I don't even remember. I can go back and look. I don't remember what episode that was. Uh, for those of you that are interested, let me look real quick. That was episode, if you're just joining us, it was really good. It's worth, it's worth going back and listening to if you haven't. Oh, right there. Uh, July 3rd. It was a bonus episode. So I didn't even make it a, a, an actual episode. It's a bonus episode called Flipgrid Past, Present, and Future. And it's so cool. Like I had no idea that Flipgrid started as a PhD program at the University of Minnesota. Oh, did like, it? it? Yeah, it's really, really cool. I like it started- yeah it's really fun actually it's really good it's a it's you know and it there's so many uses of it and now it's free you get all turn things on and off oh i just yeah they've got a bunch of new functions now for privacy as well you can pick yeah you want to do so yeah august 1st they announced a bunch of new stuff so it's it's just it's just getting better so i uh, i just can't say enough about flipgrid i do i'm glad that made your top five must-have apps because i totally totally agree That made right. my top five for upper and lower. So. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's got to be. Um, and then the last one, I have never heard of this. It's in, help me pronounce it. Asana coding. Osmo. Osmo coding. Osmo coding. Osmo coding. So talk to me about this. This sounds pretty cool. So this one is, it's not just an app. You do require a little, uh, a little bit of hardware with it. So basically what happens is there's this little mirror thingy that goes over the iPad's camera, which causes the camera to reflect down onto the space in front of the iPad, say if it's in a stand or something like that. And then Osmo has a series of of applications. Um, There's one where it's called Osmo Words and the, and the kids have these little letter tiles and they make words. And then on the iPad, it recognizes those words and it gives them like points and things like that for creating them. Um, I really like the coding application because what they do is in, in the little coding kit, they give you physical blocks that clink together and oh, you cool. can make little algorithms with them. So you have forward blocks, you have um, repeat blocks and things like that. And then the coding app, there's this little cartoon guy named Obby. He's, he's not, he's, <laughs> weird alien I don't even know what he is (laughs) he moves around in this little game and in order to make him move you have to click the physical blocks together so for kids who are developing their motor awareness their you know motor awareness their fine motor skills things like that having that physical bit included in the 
technology and app fit uh, really makes it more of an interactive experience. Very, very cool. I'm going to have to look that one up. And is it A-Z-M-O? O-S-M-O, Osmo. O-S-M-O. Yep. Okay. O-S-M-O, Osmo. Yeah. It's really cool. cool. I just love Yeah, it. that's awesome. That sounds so cool. And computational thinking, right? Just that idea mm-hmm. of critical thinking, of having to figure out how to manipulate something in the physical world to make something happen on your iPad is just... Exactly, yeah. That is so cool. Each of them I love it. Great. All right, so just to review, the top five apps for lower elementary, we had Seesaw, Book Creator, Shadow Puppet, Flipgrid, and Osmo Coding. And I'll make sure there are links to all these apps in the show notes. So if you look up the show notes there. All right, let's move to upper elementary. And number one, you had Seesaw again, and we've already talked about Seesaw. So we can skip over that one. But Seesaw, again, upper elementary. Flipgrid, I would say, goes with that too. We're not going to count Flipgrid as one of five. But Seesaw and Flipgrid, I think, are must-haves. And you can use those K-12. I I mean, they really are just fantastic. Um, Padlet. Talk to me about Padlet. So Padlet's actually one that you can use a little lower as well, and you can use it all the way up to grade 12. Um, But Padlet is basically a digital bulletin board, and you can do collaborative Padlets where many people can post to one, you can share ideas on it, you can uh, do Padlets that are organized in different ways. You can do Padlets that are made into columns. You can do them where they're kind of random and they're just a bit of a bulletin board. You can do uh, threaded discussion looking ones where it's kind of like a long threaded, cool little, I guess, feed. But um, basically it's a place where students can post, they can share and reflect on their learning. Teachers can post resources, they can post assignments and have students give feedback. It's really interactive and it's easy to make it and share it. And that's the key thing is once you say, for example, you're a teacher and you make a Padlet on your computer, you just share it to students with a, with a join code. And all they have to do is put that in and then they can put their information, they can put their feedback or whatever they have assigned to them directly onto the Padlet that you've given them. So there's no, you know, logins and things like that. And it's a free and paid version too, right? Yeah, they have a freemium yeah. uh, situation where you get three for your free account. They used to have unlimited yeah. Um, but they had to make money as a company. Yeah, sure. of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. Know. So now there's a pro version as well. And basically we're, we're just getting that at the school. We're getting that set up because cool. it's such a valuable tool. Yeah. Um, and then you get, I think unlimited padlets, you get more, uh, space as far as the server space there, you get a domain that's specific to your school. There's oh, cool. a bit more settings, things like that. So one of the things I love too is about, uh, I'm trying to think what it was last March or April. I think they had a major update because Padlet used to be that the kids just, you could just write. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, there's a little three little ellipses and now it's not just writing. Kids can do video much like Flipgrid. Um, but they can do audio, they can draw. And I don't remember like the list. I remember I clicked on the ellipses and the list was massive of all these different ways you could have students, which I love because if you have a student who's struggling writing, maybe they can leave an audio or you have a kid that is struggling or you want them to work on pronunciation. You can do audio or you can do video. It doesn't have to just be writing. Uh, Again, just a great versatile app. I think that that is a a must have for the classroom. Now on the iPad, is it an actual, app or do you still go to the website like you can on a Chromebook or anything else? It's got its own app? It's an app, yeah. yeah it's an app. It's, app. It's got a couple of cool functions on the iPad as well, which are neat that doesn't that it doesn't have on the laptop. So mm. for example, if you have the app open, you can join a Padlet not only by um, scanning the code or putting in the join code, but if the teacher has their 
Padlet on their laptop and they broadcast it, anyone within, I don't know, like the classroom vicinity can automatically see it pop up on their iPad. So oh, it just takes cool. that, you know, next five seconds away and gives that back to your teaching. So that's cool. Yeah. And what devices do your teachers have? Are they Macs as well? Yeah, we have MacBooks, uh, MacBook Airs, and then the teachers, the teachers get their iPad for so they can do both things. Yeah, so oh, I'm always cool. in school with like a computer and a tablet and a phone. <laughs> <laughs> you got to just walk around with your bag of tech, huh? Yeah, I know, poor me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. It's so rough, right? It's so rough. All right, so number one, Seesaw slash Flipgrid, two, Padlet, three, Nearpod. Talk to me a little bit about Nearpod. Yeah, Nearpod is great. Um, it's a tool for interactive presentations. Um, teachers basically can create any sort of presentation they want, a slide presentation, and then they have a bunch of tools that you can add into it. So you can add little polls and quizzes, you can add open-ended questions, uh, you can put video, there's just, you name it. And then what happens is you can do a live lesson along with the kids on their devices. So on the whiteboard, for example, would be what the teacher sees, maybe it's some question prompts. And then on the iPads, immediately pops up how the kids can answer in real time. And then mm -hmm. all of that feedback is saved so that you can see, you can basically assess as you're going. Um, they Those have a lot of- time feedback loop. Oh okay. yeah, it's amazing. And they have a lot of um, pre-made lessons as well. So for example, Common Sense Media's got digital citizenship lessons. And some of them you do have to pay a little extra for, like the app is free, but the lessons will cost extra. But they've got a library of a ton of different ideas and lessons, and it's just, it's a really great tool. Yeah, and it's another one I've seen used, like I've seen middle school teachers use it, I've seen high school teachers use it, like especially for that instant feedback piece. That's, that seems, to me anyways, that's the thing I see used most often by teachers is being able to yeah. get that instant feedback, change instruction in the moment, be able to differentiate your instruction for each individual kid based on responses in the moment. To yeah. me, that, that makes it a really powerful tool. Yeah, it, it keeps kids' attention a little better than your typical just sit and get presentation. It really makes them involved in the whole thing. Yeah, so. I love that. All right. So number four, Apple Clips. Yes, Apple Clips. I've never heard um, of this one. This is new to me. So. so Apple Clips is, I guess, the new generation's type of iMovie. Um, okay. Yeah, it's a video creation app. It's available on iOS 10.3 or later. Um, so anything I think beyond a fifth generation iPad can use it. Okay. So it's it's like iMovie, but there's a lot of filters and cool features. So for example, if you take a video or insert something from your camera roll, you can add cool animated titles, you can add filters, you can add emojis and stickers and labels, and you can make it, I think, gosh, it's like- So it's like iMovie met Snapchat. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's iMovie and Snapchat because it's also got that functionality of where you hit that button until you take your finger off and the video goes until you take your finger off. Oh, okay. So kids are already using this kind of stuff. And so yeah. this is just kind of a, another no-brainer app that makes stuff really neat animated movies. Cool. Is it free? Paid? It's free. Oh, very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. So Seesaw, Flipgrid, Padlet, Nearpod, Apple Clips, Spark, Adobe Spark. I yes. love Adobe Spark. I love Adobe Spark as well. And this is kind of, if you don't have an iPad as well, this is great because it's something that is another video creation app, but they also have posts and pages. So you can make really neat little, um, I guess, nice posters. You can work yeah. on graphic design concepts with kids you can have them work on really visual presentations with these. So. You can make a quick website. Like I had a, yeah. I had a teacher at a training last week. So it was like, I just made a website and it took me 10 minutes. How did I do that? And I was like, I know that's like, 
a lot of people still think you need to know HTML. It's like, it's all drag and drop. Like anymore, you just drag and drop stuff. And it is so, so good. And they just, for those of you that have been following Adobe Spark for a while, uh, last April they announced, and then I think in about May, uh, they made it COPA compliant for those of us here in the U.S. that have to be, have the under 13. Uh, oh. So now all ages can use it, uh, which is also just another another great uh, yeah. a great feature of Adobe Spark. But yeah, and I love the videos. You know, one of the things I love about using the videos of Adobe Spark is that um, limitations breed creativity. And it's mm -hmm. very limited. So something like iMovie, I find sometimes, and maybe, and you can chime in if you hear, if you see this too, but kids get so overwhelmed by all the options that trying to keep them focused on actually creating something when there's yeah. a million different filters and all the different things you can do inside iMovie. One of the things I love about Adobe Spark is it's like, you've got five fonts, you've got mm -hmm. five colors, you've only got four, four different screens and that's it. Like yeah, you're, just, you're very limited and that limit, that limitation allows you to keep focused on actually telling the story that you're trying to do in your video, which I really, I really like. So. I also, I like the fact that um, because of that limitation, it also teaches uh, design concepts. Yeah. Like kinds of fonts you probably should use to get your message across. Um, there's yeah, a lot that it can cause them to really reflect on with that. Yeah, I love it. I totally agree. Like, why are you using that font? Do you really need the font that's all caps? Or do you really need the font that's all caps, right? Like, like that's- 50 emojis? No, you don't. Yeah, that's right. You don't need 50 emojis. You need one emoji. We have the that's emoji it. talk here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we started having the emoji talk in third grade. Now, you know, oh, yeah. like you, gotta, you gotta start having the emoji talk. Yeah, we have it a lot. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. I love it. I love it. Uh, and Adobe Spark is for every, um, again, not just upper elementary, but I all the way to seniors. Uh, yeah. We play with it all the time. Is I, we, we make, um, with the long-term contracts we have with school districts, their final project that teachers do is an Adobe Spark video of them in their classroom. So uh, it's, it's just a, a, a really, really great tool. Like, yeah, it's such a great tool. Yeah, 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 I love it. All right, and the last tool you had was Hopscotch. I've never heard of this one either. This is new to me. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about Hopscotch. So this is another computational thinking tool. Uh, Hopscotch is a coding language that's basically another drag and drop. They use uh, kind of like icons for, for kids okay. to code. And the great thing about Hopscotch is that it's really open-ended. So students do things like they can make their own games, they can create algorithms to make things move on the screen and then do other things. So they're coding, but they're not coding within a really structured game. They're mm. more so coding to create. And I always like any That's app cool. that promotes creation over just uh, kind of games and consumption. Not that there's not time for that, but really right. create is what we want. So when we do our code week here, Hopscotch is like the top app. I had a student last year, actually, she said she wanted to become a computer scientist after her experience using Hopscotch, oh, and cool. I was really excited about that. So, yeah. Very cool. And it's free. Yes, it's free. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, so I think they cool. might have a pro and a, like a free and a more. Pre yeah, premium one. Premium yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the thing, you know, you just mentioned to me that the, especially when we're talking elementary kids, and I just had, um, I was just over working with a school district where, you know, parents were asking me once again, they were like, well, you know, how much time should kids be on devices? And I was like, that's not the question. The question yeah. is, what are kids doing? And even as teachers in schools, we need to continue asking ourselves, like, why am I having kids be on technology? Is this authentic? Is this purposeful use of tech, right? Authentic, purposeful use of technology. And the thing I love is every app that you've mentioned is a creation app. Kids are creating stuff. We're not just sitting them in front of watching videos. We're not having them go through doing flashcards. We're actually creating 
content. And to me, especially, I mean, all the grade levels, but especially lower elementary and elementary school, I want kids to understand the power that these devices have to create content. Because if nothing else, we know the world belongs to those that create, not those that consume. How do we help kids become creators at a very early age? So I really, really appreciate it. We're going to make sure we have uh, links to every single app. Uh, that's what I'm going to do as soon as we hang up. I'm going to have to go get all these apps out of the iTunes store and put links into them into the show notes. Um, but we'll make sure that they're all there for people so that they can easily click on them uh, as they're listening to this as well. Uh, thank you so much for getting up probably a little bit early and getting to school. Taking time out. Yeah, you had to come to work anyway, right? Yeah. Um, but it's always it's always great, and it's always great when we get to talked with people at school. Um, you know, you can kind of hear a little echo in the background because she's in, it's really cool. Like I wish you could actually see where she's at. She's in a glass. It's actually all glass uh, room right now. So it's kind of very, very cool. Yeah. What a pretty great fancy over here. In yeah. China. Yeah. <laughs> pretty fancy indeed. So uh, thank you so much again. If you'd like to spend more time talking uh, with myself or with Tanya, head on over and sign up for the micro credential. Again, that's eduro eduro learning e d u r o learning dot com slash one two one. Any final words or thoughts before we call this an episode? Uh, I just am excited for people to try these apps if they haven't done it yet. If you want to find me on Twitter, I'm Tanya Leclaire. There you go, Tanya Leclaire on Twitter. So thank you so much. I uh, really appreciate you taking time and uh, have a great work day. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shifting Our Schools. I think it's so great to go through and, and talk about the different tools that we can use with kids. My only fear is, is whenever we talk about tools, it's not the tool that creates the learning. And that's an important piece. You hear us talk throughout this podcast and you hear Tanya talk about it as well is, you know, the tool is one part, but creating that learning experience for kids is really what teaching and learning is about. I love episodes where we get to focus on the tool as long as we remember that you have to still use them in authentic and purposeful ways to get kids to create meaningful content. That is what technology can do in our classrooms. Until next time, we'll see you on the network. Thank you for listening to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Shifting Our Schools is part of the Eduro Learning Podcast Network. For more great content, visit sospodcast.org or follow us at Eduro Learning on Facebook and Twitter. Leave a review, rate, and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools.